0: Welcome to the First first Name Basis Remote Podcast. Um, today I got a good friend of mine joining me, um, George. Uh, we're gonna get a little bit more about him, but what we wanted to do is have a chat with industry leaders on this podcast, really talk about you know, having an informal conversation. I always say I get to have these amazing conversations over the phone and we got so much learning that happens, especially when you and I talk, George. Um, and this is going to be an opportunity for us to share that with the world. Um, so, I'm Sheetal Jaitley. If you don't know who I am, uh, the CEO of Tribal Scale. We're a software development and design firm here in Toronto, um, but also facilitate clients globally. Um, and with me, I got George Khalif. Am I saying it right? Am I saying it 100%. right?
1: 100%. I mean, you could say Khalifa, but it's all Khalifi. good right oh, <laughs> here. <laughs> um, You're close. Khalif? You're close. I'm close. I'm
0: close. Don't worry, Habibi. I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> Um, And George George has been a good friend of mine We'll talk about how we met I think it's a pretty funny story how we met Um, But he's a VP uh, at the Toronto Stock Exchange And he's situated in the Midwest So he's coming live to air from Chicago right now And I'm in Toronto Um, So let's kick it off, George Uh, Let's talk about the first time we met I think that's a pretty cool story Why Why don't we start there?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I remember seeing the the newsletter of first name basis, which is your podcast coming back out. So uh, excited to do this. Uh, I, th- I think so. The first time we met was Toronto. It was Toronto Tech Week, right? And you were speaking on a panel. And I remember I'm like, I'm seeing this, you know, Toronto tech founder. And then all of a sudden, you mentioned you guys have an office in Dubai, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, we, we definitely need to connect. Yeah, yeah. So once once the panel finishes, uh, I hit you up, and I'm like, dude, like, you know, my background's in the Middle East. I was born in Lebanon. Uh, lived there for probably half my life Uh, and and it was just an interesting story to see how quickly you scaled you know you went from not just an office in Toronto but it was multiple offices in the US and the Middle East was and that was the first time to be honest with you that I heard a a Toronto tech founder seriously uh, build up exposure and presence in the Middle East so for me that was super cool we connected and you know obviously and and I was telling my my girlfriend about this is if, if you ask Anybody in Toronto who Cheadle Jaylee is, every the first response people are gonna say is, "Oh, no way! Dude, you, you know Cheadle? He's he's my friend too." Every like <laughs> literally every single person I talk to, um, and it's just funny too that, you know, I thought I was well connected until I met you, brother. So, um, I, I think. <laughs> hey man, I, you man, your know, network
0: is—I always say this: your network is your net worth. I mean, yeah, you, it, there's there's people who go network and they think coming back with fifty business cards is like the way to do it. And then there's the people who go network and come back with like five meaningful new relationships, right? And that's the way to do it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And you were also talking about kind of this, the scaling mindset. Um, given what's going on now, I'm, I'm, I, I know people who are tuning in are, you know, I think just tired about hearing all the COVID stuff, all the email newsletters, I, th- I think we all get it. But just from your perspective, and maybe we can talk about what we're both doing in terms of, one, transitioning, being as, as the CEO of a tech company, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of personally, but also as as a leader of this company, what, what have you been doing to one transition, but also keep everybody who's working at Tribal uh, just kind of calm and, and riding this wave uh, and seeing kind of the opportunities within it?
0: Yeah, dude, uh, it's been, it's tough, man. I mean, I, we, as a tribal, we, we never even had like a true work from home policy um, only until last year. Um, you know, we like being a tribe that sits together and really works side by side with each other. We practice pair programming. So you got multiple screens and, and two, you know, one computer shared screens and people sitting right, literally right beside each other. Um, and we could create these cold, very collaborative pods in a very collaborative environment where you learn a lot, even just through osmosis from people having conversations around you. Um, but last year we started experimenting with, you know, doing some more remote work and seeing how we could do that. Um, and so it was odd. It was, it, it's, I was in New York city on March 11th and that was the day the world changed, right? Like it was COVID became, you know, we, the night before in New York, we went for dinner we went out to a bar. And we were like doing all the stuff that you normally would do in New York city. Um, and so on the day of the 11th, I had a couple meetings and, um, and then the whole world changed within like an hour. It was bam, um, the NBA is canceled. Sophie Trudeau has COVID. Tom Hanks has COVID. Everybody has COVID, and I was like so taken back by it that right away I went into mode of doing planning and saying, well, what can I do with the tribe? We got we got to take care of our people first, and and so we slid. We, you know, we, we 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 created protocols and stuff that a lot of people are doing now, but we created a very basic but smart guideline um, as to how we can go work from home. And then the one thing I asked the tribe to do is like really start to over communicate with everybody. Um, and so we started using you know, Slack. We got this other program called Discord, which is pretty cool. It's an audio app and it's like Slack kind of rooms, chat rooms, and it's just audio based and you jump in and you start talking to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And we, you know, we still did our daily stand-ups that we do, and we do a company-wide stand-up every morning. Uh, which is really cool. We get everybody online now, and you know, engagement levels. I found are even actually more people are more engaged being remote. As funny as that sounds, um, and and I've been I've been really one of our one of our core values here at Travel Skills is, is is transparency. And so, I've been not only leveraging the daily stand-up to talk about what's actually happening and like what are some of the big challenges that we're going to be facing today, um, budgeting. example like let's talk about finances you know business is down companies don't want to pay you I, 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 you know it's i I sympathize with all of our clients and our partners and the struggle that they're in right now and you know payment terms and what could we do to help them like this is the time i think for that that you're a true partner like tribal skill really stands out so what could we do as our tribe to help service our clients right now when they're in a time of need and what could we do to help them financially? But let's also have that transparent conversation with our people. Um, You know, we've been fortunate enough that we have not laid anybody off yet. Um, And I, I say the word yet because I don't know what the future is going to hold. We, you know, we have our guesses and our predictions and our forecasts, but the transparent way I'm talking to you guys and people live on Instagram and YouTube and wherever this podcast is going to go next is very, you know, I'd be even more transparent with, our, with, with our people, um, so they understand we're all in this together, um, and so we are going to have to make some tough choices, right? We have options in front of us, and we just had an. A, a, and the other thing I do is I do an Ask Me Anything um, every Friday. We do demos at four o'clock on every on Fridays of everything we built that week. It's pretty cool to, to sit in on those demos and see what everybody's been working on. Um, but then it's also really, you know, I've used that opportunity to have everybody together on Fridays to say, hey, let's have a beer or wine or whatever your drink of poison, whatever your choice of poison is. Um, and and let's be frank with each other and ask me questions. Um, and so I get anonymous questions sent to me. And a lot of people are feeling more and more comfortable to just ask me face to face any questions they have. And so I'd be very transparent with them and tell them and just yesterday, you know, we had to have a Real conversation with the tribe about like, hey, in this in this particular downturn that we're in, and and you know they they have all the information to know that we're not hitting the metrics of where the company needs to be. So what are some of the levers we need to pull? And you know we are going to have to do some salary adjustments, um, and that's a tough pill to swallow. It sucks as a CEO to go to the people you know are working hard and through no fault of their own. Um, you're going to have to make salary adjustments. That sucks. And that's, you know, something we had to have a conversation about just yesterday. Um, and I felt like crap having that conversation. You'd never feel good coming out of a conversation like that. But having a Especially conversation... with
1: your kind of personality. I think that's, you know, and knowing you for quite some time. And yeah. And seeing kind of, also seeing the, the culture that you've built, you know, f- for tribal scale. And I remember, man, I'd, I'd go to your offices and you guys would do those stand-ups and the demos. And it was such a collaborative... Uh, just ecosystem i felt you know and, and yeah. people would stick around friday nights i never saw that before you know where people willingly and it's not just because of the booze <laughs> and stuff but yeah, you guys we were have to, friends we have to actually time.
0: walk around and kick people out of the office on off Friday. Night. <laughs> it's friday night go home get out of this office
1: <laughs> so so i can i can only imagine it's, it's difficult man but but to your point like you, i mean it, it's it's difficult to have those conversations but when you're genuine and you're just looking out for your tribe and, and you're not trying to let off anybody but you're just trying to ride the, ride the storm I yeah. think it's the best thing you can do. Right.
0: And, and the good thing is that because I gave them so much information, they were, they were so comforting and understanding. And I got a ton of messages afterwards on Slack just from people asking how I'm feeling and I'm okay. And I'm, I'm the opposite. I wanted to know, are you okay? Like I just gave you really bad news. Like I'll be fine. I'm not, I don't think about me. Right. Um, but yeah. they were just like, Hey, we told we're in this with you. Like we're totally together. And, um, you know, especially at tribal skill, I think the, we got this culture now, um, it, that has actually bonded us really close together, where we actually go and look out for each other, and it's amazing to see. I'm so I'm so proud to be in an organization with really smart people who are actually looking out for each other, especially right now. Mm. Well, that's yeah, that's that's a little bit about us um, and what we're doing, and I don't I don't want to make this too much about COVID because I think, like we said in the beginning, exactly, said, like we've, like we've, that's been beaten over the head. But what are you seeing man tell us a little bit for I think we should start first tell us a little bit about your role and how I think your your story is really cool of how you how, how you've been working there and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started this job and then ended up in Chicago and what you're actually doing
1: Yeah for sure for sure so for everyone listening who doesn't know me um I, you know I was born in Lebanon as I said lived half my life in the Middle East and then when we moved to Canada Background to be in finance, and simply because you know, I grew up in a, in a family of bankers, right? From my dad to, to our cousins, and uh, I, I always kind of grew up in that space. And so, in university, I always thought you know, the, the route was going to be investment banking, consultant, or something like that, as, as everyone probably would be right in first or second year. Uh, but I always had the DNA of, of a sales and marketer, right? So, my DNA was always in sales and marketing, and I loved entrepreneurship, but I wasn't necessarily exposed to it. You know, and you know, I, th- I don't think in university they expose you as much uh, to sales. Uh, as a as a legitimate career, even within finance. I didn't even know that was possible, dude. I thought I'd be a sleazy insurance salesman or somebody. Like, I just had this weird connotation as as I think people normally would. Uh, and it wasn't until I joined the, the TSX, you know, which was my first career outside of uni. And mm-hmm. I saw all these companies go public. You know, in 2015, we saw Shopify go public, which was one of the biggest and most successful tech stories, right, in, in, you, in yeah, Canada can, that came from Ottawa.
0: You scare me how young you, you are, man. I mean, you bring yeah, so much well, experience for such a young age. You scare me. It's Animals the beard. It's, it's, it's
1: the beard, sheet. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just the it's the Arab in me. Uh, but it was good, man. You know, and and I feel like you know part of that is is growing up in the Middle East and and seeing different you know different situations and and having at least the opportunity to come to Canada and and be able to to you know have a chance at a better future, a better education. I know that sounds cheesy, but a lot of my cousins don't have the same opportunity, so that's why I took you know my career a bit more seriously. I think. Um, and so I started you know, with the TSX and I got to see the IPO side, which is when companies go public, super cool, right? You saw a lot of, uh, very interesting companies go public for quite some time. And then I pivoted, went into uh, mergers and acquisition uh, with a boutique, uh, firm. Yeah. So they just focused on helping tech companies exit essentially, which was cool. a really cool experience. Saw the other side of it. Uh, I joined a f- financial tech company called owl. Uh, co-founders are really good friends of mine, so that gave me kind of the company side experience. Mm-hmm. And then what ended up happening was TSX was, uh, you know, rang me up and said, "Listen, we're we're trying to grow our presence in the Midwest in the U.S. Mm-hmm. We want to open an office in Chicago, and and we think you know you you'd be the the perfect person for it." And that's kind of how this whole thing uh, came up. And for those wondering, basically what I'm what I'm trying to do is help U.S. companies go public in Canada on both the Toronto Stock Exchange and the TSX Venture Exchange. And, and it's just a platform where companies raise money and and pursue those those growth plans so
0: very cool very cool um americans i always say and you and i have this conversation all all the time but americans we always say are very different from canadians when it comes to business Um, oh yeah i think are much more risk adverse and slow and americans really go and you know give you a shot and grab the bull by the horns and start making decisions and move really fast um your experience been like in chicago um as you as you went and started to expand the tsx
1: yeah dude that's a great question um i think i've seen it from different ends right so from one end you know you 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 might typically hear that the us is more ecocentric right where and i've kind of felt that a little bit so for example you know i'd come and be like oh i work for the tsx and i just assume people would know what the brand is because you know, we're one of the largest exchanges in the world. Yeah. You know, we have, we have, we have a, a pretty big brand and, and yet people are like, what, you got? You guys have an exchange up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, up there, dude, an exchange. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I live in the Arctic, man. Relax, it's an hour away uh, by flight. So I've, I found that to be a bit interesting and, and kind of challenging from, from one end. Uh, and, and to your point, I think it depends where where you are, right? The Do they think you live in
0: England too? Do they think you live in England? A little
1: bit, a little bit. <laughs> There's some weird connotations with Canadians, dude. Um, but, but the funny part is like, the Midwest is actually more, uh, I would say, similar to, to the Canadian culture, right? Not, not as aggressive as what you'd see in like the coast, New York, Cali, Boston. Uh, and then from a cap raising, I was telling you this yesterday when we had a quick call and, and catching up. For me right now, Chicago in the Midwest, and by Midwest, I mean like Ohio, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Do, they're exactly where Toronto, Ottawa, that whole innovation uh, corridor, Waterloo, yeah. where that was three years ago. It's just on a surge right now. And it's mostly because labor is getting super expensive in the coast. They're realizing that they can do just a better job um, in the Midwest. And fun fact for you, dude, the um, so if you look at just Chicago, all the startups here that are VC backed, so they have venture capital money, outputted the highest return for investors among every state in the US. Wow, which is which is insane. They had the highest returns it's just in Chicago alone. So that goes to wow. show just how you figured, how far like, has been this.
0: hotbeds right you figure like Austin, New York, I mean yeah. obviously the valley is the valley but you got Austin, New York, I mean the the DC tri-state yeah. like really, really kicking it Seattle um really interesting. I didn't know that about Chicago. I
1: I think it's because it's if if you look at kind of Chicago, Pittsburgh, these are all blue collar states, right? Rough yeah. They, they call it like the rust belt for the most part. Mm-hmm. So what what you ended up seeing is like traditional industries like uh, freight, uh, logistics, supply chain, manufacturing, transportation. All of that had disruption with tech, right? right? But but the difference is they were tackling real challenges and they had to be profitable really early because it was more difficult for the most part to raise financing.
0: It's funny how that happens, eh? When you don't got a lot of money behind you that you become efficient and actually make money (laughs) i
1: i I call this a lebanese business dude if i went to my cousins and i said i want to raise money they're like what are you talking about
0: you know (laughs) business
1: is about making money it's not about raising money so
0: yeah of course of course of course um so what are some of the themes you're seeing um emerging in this well not only in chicago in the midwest
1: yeah. So, so as I said, I think Chicago is, is pretty cool because you see a lot of freight tech. So what that basically means is, you know, uh, transportation companies moving stuff basically back and forth between the U.S., Canada, Mexico, uh, which is which is interesting. Like there's a company called Freeways, which is super uh, cool. It's kind of like the Bloomberg or the analytics for the freight market okay. uh, you're, you're seeing in uh, Pittsburgh. Very interestingly enough, actually, Carnegie Mellon is one of the top universities for computer science. Sure. So very, very similar to Waterloo. You see uh, a lot of med tech, right? biotech, a lot of stuff in the life-size space or health tech. Uh, so, so it's kind of different. Michigan right now and Detroit, I would say, are on the cannabis boom okay. primarily, which is uh, until they federally legalized it. But that's what I'm what I'm seeing. I mean, I
0: mean, Michigan, I'm sure you're seeing a bunch of automotive startups. So.
1: Of course, of course. Yeah, and, and actually that's something Pittsburgh was strong too is uh, autonomous vehicles okay. with, with their universities. And, uh, and I wanted to spin that back to you because... Why that's interesting on your side is, you know, you're caught right now in this perfect mix of, this is a the best probably time for companies to look at strategy innovation, especially with digital. Yeah. Yet budgets are kind of constrained because everybody wants to be liquid and clean up their balance sheet. So how do you tackle that problem?
0: Yeah, you know, I think I'm I'm a broken record and I keep saying this all the time. If COVID did one thing, it's really make companies wake up and say, Hey, what, what is my digital presence? That could be, you know, how do I optimize my processes to become more digital and more effective now that could Mm -hmm. be, how am I going to be relevant to my consumer or how am I going to be relevant to, to the other businesses? And the only channel to do that right now is digital. So if you were under invested in digital, now is the time to go invest, except, and I totally get this. And I sympathize with a lot of our clients and partners is your CFO goes, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So cut all spending right now. And this is a temporary blip that you're going to have this spending be cut. Uh, But having been through a couple of recessions um, and seeing this in a services business, you, you actually could find opportunity in the chaos. And the opportunity in the chaos is that you know, you take a large, you take a large Fortune 500 company, and they have to go and cut right now because it's unsettling times. And so they go and they cut their staff and they cut down their operating expenses. Except now, in a post-COVID world, you're going to have to be more digital, and you're going to have projects that are related to ROI, so your return on investment on your digital spend, or you're going to have a strategy that's going to have to make you more relevant in the digital space. And both of those projects are going to be greenlit because that is what a post-COVID world looks like. But you don't have the people to do it for you anymore so what do you do you use your capital expenditure on a company like tribal Skill, and then we come in and, and, and actually help them and the cool thing about our value add is that we could then you know through our transformation model actually help you build a team and help you build a software lab and help you do things the right way and help you work like a lean mean agile machine um you know by helping your people process and your tools to make that happen and so i see a ton of opportunity for what we do um, in the future and i want to take this time right now to work with my partners and invest in them hey you know what it doesn't have, not everything always comes down to dollars and cents That's, i always look at that as a way to keep score but how can we go invest in our partners and help them through this tough time right now and they will always remember that us for that and know that we we step up to the plate for them and be be their actual true partner that we're in this together so that we come out of this um we come out of this the you know on the other end the right way
1: yeah, that's a great example, especially like I, I had a chat with, with a founder recently, and we were just kind of talking about reputation, right? Yeah. So just like this presents opportunities, it also really highlights shitty uh, characters, unfortunately, you yeah, know, who course. are trying to skim from every freaking side there is. Uh, and, and the problem is once this settles down, which it, it likely will now, I don't know how that's going to look like, but let's say when it does, your reputation is still going to be there very visibly. Yeah, you know, and course. so if you're kind of cutting uh, cutting it short now and you're playing the short game versus the long game that's going to catch up to you eventually
0: yeah of course yeah i mean you got to look at it like in especially in a services model your people and your clients your our, our people is our value prop right it's it's what we do and so whatever we could do to help our partners come out of this with this time of chaos and this time of uncertainty um and help position them for a better and brighter future that's that, that's that's what you got to do i think being very short-sighted with your partners and and not making that investment into them and nickel and diming every single thing. That's not a true partnership. That's a, that's a, that's a a client vendor relationship. And I hate having those, you know, you said it at the beginning, I'm a relationship guy. I I love to nurture my network and invest in my network to make, to, because I'm, 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 and I'm not looking for much in return. I'm not looking for a return. I'm, I know the more you put in, just good things, the universe will bring it back as hippie as that sounds.
1: And, and, and talking just about uh you know the, the networking aspect because i think that that can be of, of value for a lot of people especially now that it's mostly digital right yeah. and for someone like you and i, I mean we're very people oriented and then being on the bd side you know the thing i miss the most is just going for coffee chats although now i feel like that's been a bit more effective uh, you know the yeah. fact that i don't have to spend 30 minutes back and forth going to these meetings yeah. but uh how do you how do you basically scale that network especially when it's global right like i have you know networks both in Saudi Bahrain uh, and Lebanon across North America you you, I mean you're you're in the same bucket how do you keep track of this growing network and still keep those relationships I guess fruitful is is the way I
0: think think there's a there's a couple of ways to do that right And I think um, we do it pretty effectively I mean George you got your podcast I got my podcast we're combining podcasts right now Um, and so people know what we're up to they you know, even if they never had a chance to go for coffee with us or have a Zoom meeting or last night we were playing poker with Zoom. It was... God, Man, I'm poker
1: li- is on fire right now. I keep getting invited to these things. And to be honest, I'm going to be totally honest here. I, I do not play poker. So come play so, with us if you don't know how to play. I'm joking. <laughs> so, so you can take advantages. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but it's, you know, if, you know we... <laughs> you got to use, you got to use your social norms to actually go out there and like have an opinion, like go have an opinion about something go out there and and talk about what you believe in, put yourself out there. And I think, you know, you'll find like-minded people and even better yet, if you don't find like-minded people, if you have a healthy debate, you come out of it learning something. Hopefully you appreciate what the other side has to say. Right. And so we do a lot of these things to go out there and do that. And, you know, just getting the amount and the volume of messages of just people, not even asking about business or anything like that, or looking for any anything in return, just reaching out to say, Hey, how you doing? Are you okay, man? Is everything okay? How, how are things up there in Canada? Um, you know, are you going stir crazy yet? Family good, all sorts of stuff. I think those are the, you know, that's, you really start to realize what kind of awesome network you built when you start getting messages like that. And I've been sending them out too, right? Like that's how you and I started chatting again, just to, just to make this happen. You're like, Hey, everything good, man. How are things going over there? Um, and, and, and then great things come from it. You know, the other thing I, I do is we got like a tribal skill weekly newsletter that goes out and it's really short, sweet, just like, boom, here, here's what we're up to. And every, I, I love it. Cause well, as soon as it goes out after that, I get so many replies of just people saying, Hey, how's it going? Or, talking about an article or something that we published. Um, and you just, and you, and you got to find ways to go do that. It's it's really tough to do a million one-on-ones, but kind of like being like a one-minute manager, when you, if you're an effective one-minute manager, just doing a bunch of little things right with your network actually gets you gets you more out there. Um, how about you, man? How what are, you, what, are you, what are some of the stuff you're doing besides the podcast and stuff?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think just, you know, the, the points that you hit is uh, super, super important for, for, for a couple of things. Um, especially when you're when you're just genuinely reaching out to people to catch up, right? I think that's super important. It's not like I call you because I always want something. I think that gets kind of dry after a while. But if I just call you up and say, how are you doing, man? How's, I know this is a tough time. If you need anything from me, let me know. Yeah, I think yeah. that's super important. Uh, the other thing that you pointed out, which is, which is even more strategic is, uh, and, and this is kind of one of the reasons I started this podcast, for example, is I wanted to stay within people's radar. You know, and, sure. and, and to do that in a scalable way, I found the podcast was the easiest thing. I had a bit of a challenge, though, because I know you were, ta- you were saying, like, get on a platform and just talk about stuff, which I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the challenge is when you're, when you're a little younger, let's say, you're, you know, you're a young professional uh, in whatever sector. I, I got a side of.
0: question. I got a side question. Are yeah. you the youngest executive at TSX? Uh,
1: on the VP side? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. 26 now. So uh, and, and I think, you know, and, and to be I honest, I'm, like I'm just starting out dude what's that I, I look like i'm 42 like
0: <laughs> no you don't no you don't you, you look just fine dude <laughs> much love back baby your, your, your girlfriend's a lucky girl i'm sure
1: <laughs> she's right next to me just nodding her head like what is,
0: I, I thought this was a podcast this podcast just go there that's well that's what happens Is you gotta be real
1: 100 um but you know i think that that's what helped me too uh, especially when i was younger is uh, in, instead of Instead of like acting like I knew everything, which I wasn't, I, I'm actually, and I, I'm, I'm constantly learning, I'm trying to improve and all that stuff. But I think the easiest way is, is one document, kind of like what Gary V says, document your experiences versus always talk about, you know, what people should do. Sure. A, and the easiest way for me was, I interview very cool CEOs, founders, talk to them about Dude, their your journeys. Is,
0: your podcast is awesome, man. You've had some amazing Thanks, people on there. I'm really proud of what you've been able to do with that in such a short period of time. Trying, it's, a, man.
1: it's good. trying, was It was, man. It was hard awesome. launching it too. You know, because, I mean, I did that in, in the capital markets where, where in finance, you know, three and a half, four years ago, launching a podcast wasn't a cool thing to do. Right. You know, people are like, what do you think you are, Jimmy Fallon? You know, or it's, it, like a talk show host. It, it just kind of had a, had a negative. <laughs> we well, got
0: the Howard Stern mic over there. Look at you. I know. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's too. It's it's ready. It's I, I got it. the light.
1: You, you got to make sure you're prepped. <laughs> but, but it's been really good. It's been really good. And, and the last thing I just want to say is the easiest way to, to get in front of a CEO, especially for my line of work, uh, instead of just always from a bd angle or sales angle man it's, it's funny how many friends i've made just from interviewing them on my podcast for you sure because like, for an hour i'm talking about your story i'm getting to know you on a deep lens and it just creates that uh, frictionless relationship right off the bat so it's super easy to create that yeah uh, yeah, yes yeah. Yeah, so, so absolutely i
0: think you know like with our takeover conference um that we've that we've done in toronto and which was awesome t- man yeah we've done two of them and
1: in- dude cheeto coming on stage with biggie music blasting in the back every <laughs> single person by the way in a suit I, 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 you know there's people from all over the place so just keep this in mind this setting up uh, for people who were not in attendance you have cheeto who i think in toronto is like a, you know the badass ceo walking on stage biggie blasting in the background uh, and what was your opener I, I, your opener was was something crazy you remember what it was
0: no dude <laughs> you're actually making me relive it but my opener what i said or the music
1: what you said what you said
0: oh no so uh, in the second year um i was supposed to the second year we did the we did the conference i was supposed to come up on stage and like i'm all nervous you know like i don't really get nervous my hands were all clammy i was like oh i'm gonna go up in front of all these people and it's being live streamed and justin trudeau just was on like he opened it up for us and now i gotta go on up there right i'm like i'm all nervous and uh but my music was actually Jeezy. It was, I put on for my city, on, on for my city. And I go up, and the production guy, I don't know what he put on, but he put on some gangster rap where every other word was like, <laughs> mother this, mother F that, it's this, <laughs> F that. And I went up there, and I was just like, uh that wasn't the music i had cued but i'll take it <laughs> it's pretty
1: bad let's go that's
0: why i just opened it up <laughs> like all right we started effing up right away in the morning <laughs> first thing in the morning
1: everybody was on dude yeah <laughs> the energy was awesome in that in that conference too but you know what that conference did a lot of cool things for us uh
0: you know I, I i always said you know i got an amazing network and it's a global network and i wanted to bring that network all into one room so they could start networking with each networking with each other and I didn't want to have a conference where people go up there and it's just lip service and it's a big sales pitch, like go up there and talk about how you effed up, go up there and talk about the real challenges you're facing, how are you solving them. Um, so we had some pretty high powered panels and sessions, we had like workshops, so you can actually go there and learn a skill. Um, but just like you said, it was a great way for us to, you know, people go, why are you doing this? Like you, well, tribal skills a design and development firm, why would you go and do this conference? Um, and it's not even like we got up there and talked about tribal scale, right? Well, we got, what well, we did is we it was talked about innovation. Content. yeah. But what it, what it actually did, what it actually did was be a very warm way for people who didn't know us or do beyond just BD efforts and say, Hey, why don't we all come together and build this platform for all of us to help learn from it and leverage ourselves to have a better future, right? Like our tagline, our, our, our mission statement is write the future. And that's the way to write the future. Like let's, let's go and do this together um and so having said that i mean that we you know my team and i are actually working on um pretty you know pretty diligently around the clock right now on how we could bring takeover online that's the first time i'm telling this to everyone in the world so we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna bring an online version of takeover now and do that yeah, so what were some I, of the
1: lessons just just on on because uh, i think for, for me maybe for people who aren't as close to, to the to the tribal store, i think there are so many interesting points. Which is, man, you, you you guys were able to grow so quickly. And I think what's what's even more interesting to that is, you came from the sales side. And I remember you you were you know you talked on stage about different roles, some of which worked out really well, some of which not at all in terms of being chained on a desk and just not vibing well with with your mindset. How do you go from that for people listening who maybe this is a perfect time for them to start uh, the venture they are putting aside mm-hmm. to starting tribal scale? It hit 100 plus employees at at one point. You had massive growth, man. You know, office in Dubai, yeah. multiple in, in, in the US, working with some of the largest clients. How do you go from, you know, selling door to door to building tribal scale, essentially?
0: And for those who don't know, I actually did. I went door to door selling photocopiers. That was I know you cheat. That's what I did, dude. That's my, that's my <laughs> You know what? It was cool. I, I just I just on that copier story. I was told, I was told by one of my mentors, and he was like, Hey man, you got this knack for sales and you've been doing this business development stuff, but you never got any formal training. Um, go into the copier industry, and if you could go and sell a box that prints paper better than someone else who has a box that prints paper, um, then you've actually then you actually know that you're free refining your craft. And they had you know amazing sales training, and I got to work in this bullpen of just salespeople, right? Like it's it's hard like walking in there being intimidated by all these dudes in suits um who are just on the phone high 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 end hot like just hustle it man and then you got to go out there and your sales manager kicks you out and you got to go out there door to door and like do that but having said that i'll tell you what it taught me i never looked at any sales job that i had as um i worked for this company i always looked at it as i worked for myself i you kill what you eat in the sales game right so you you have to have this intro intrapreneur type of mindset and I, i take that across if i look across our organization the people who really excel and kick ass are the ones who don't look at tribal skill as a job, actually look at it as, hey, do you know what? Tribal skill has a lot of assets here. And as an entrepreneur I'm gonna leverage these assets for my career. Right. So if you start getting more of an intrapreneur mindset, then when you go into entrepreneurship, it's a lot easier because you've already you've always been thinking that way. And that's how, that's that's kind of my mindset on how uh on how I always viewed myself. It didn't matter where I worked. I always looked at it as like, hey, I got a bunch of tools here to go next." And I know if I do all these things, then Sheetle Inc. will make X amount of dollars this year, right? And so I'm gonna go do everything in my power to go make X amount of dollars because I am my own business within this organization. And it's a, it's a, different, it's a different mindset when you stop looking at your, your job as a job and when you actually go look at it as like, hey, this is, I'm, I'm doing this for myself and my career and I am my own company is actually gonna go do that and having that, be, being an entrepreneur really are it's always and you see that in every organization i mean i think the entrepreneurs within an organization are the ones who fly up really quick like nobody told you to go start a podcast nobody told you to do all the things you're doing and who gets the benefit from it not only you personally because you are you know george inc um but tsx gets all this awesome value from you and there's a reason why you're so young and a vp there
1: right? yeah well, it's, it's a great point man and i, I think even on the sales side like I learned so many things in the, you know, in the past, I think five years. One was in the beginning, I thought um, to, you know, to be in the sales game, you just had to have a personality, right? Like you had to have the charisma, you had to be, you know, the the optimistic dude who can socialize, network quickly, build relationships. Although that's great, that's only a starting point, right? I actually didn't, I mean, it wasn't until later in my career that I I found out that there's actually a lot of techniques to sales as well. It it really is a science, you know, just like any sport you kind of have to craft it. And obviously that's a starting point. And I love what you said around, uh, like to me, I think probably one of the best traits is being opportunistic, one, and being resourceful. So for me, like when I started at, at TSX, uh, just a quick story is, I started w- with like an associate program, right? So you, you basically rotate every six months for two years in different divisions. Cool. Dude, my first, my first rotation was, was in a department that was super manual. It was like, just it, it wasn't a fun uh, department for me personally. Right. And I felt like, okay, well, this is this is what it is for six months. And they were still testing the program. And I'm like, I can use these six months and be miserable, let's say. Not that it was that bad. I mean, everybody working there was great, but Mm -hmm. just the work itself wasn't for me, I guess. Um, So I'm like, listen, I can be miserable for six months and do work I'm not really interested in. Or I can use these six months to network with everyone in the company and outside and use this to build the framework for the podcast and the app at the time. And that's what I used those six months. I love it right? Where people, I think in a different position would have, and I think this is where perspective comes into play, right? It's very easy to just lose it and be like, you know what, this is what's. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah,
0: this sucks. What sucks. am I doing? This, this is not what I wanted to do. I never signed up for this. Right.
1: Exactly. So, so I think attitude is super important in, in sales because it's, it's And you, you, I'm sure you've, you've dealt with this, man. The rejections, the no's, you know, the hangups in your face. And, and you, you get so close with a prospect. <laughs> I get told
0: to F off 15 times a day and I'm still smiling. <laughs> I haven't done my job if, if, if I haven't been told to F off at least 15 times a day. <laughs> I,
1: I call that alligator skin, man. In sales, you know, just that <laughs> tough skin. You can't break through it. And then I think that's super important. Um, and, then, and so persistence is also really important. 'Cause it's it's easy, man. And I think one of the hardest things in sales is because when you do get the F you know, the, the, the FUs, let's say fifteen yeah, times yeah. a day, to walk into the twentieth meeting that same day at five PM with the same energy, with the same hundred percent performance, it's very difficult and it can get exhausting. And I think that's why stamina is important too. But I think
0: fun. I think that's, that's that go so a lot about like who you are, right? Like you gotta I don't think that just goes to salespeople like i think you could be an engineer and you come exactly. in your a game all the time and you're gonna have differences of opinion and some you're gonna be right some you're gonna be wrong but you gotta learn from it and bring the a game every single time right um it's exhausting though i mean i gotta say like at the end of the day when you have had like 15 meetings or whatever and you keep bringing your passion and everything into it um it's it's tiring at the end of the day but you know when you should like a lot i see a lot of sales people who go into rooms or business development people or it could be actually could be product managers, whatever, and they go into a room and they aren't passionate about what what the client is actually talking about, Um, it shows right away. You have to actually, like, you should probably kill that deal right away because you're not Mm -hmm. doing that person any justice and you're not doing yourself any justice on working on something that you don't give a shit about, right? Right. Um, I think you should always, like, I always say, I'll never sign a deal, I'll never get a deal signed that if I was in the other person's shoes, I wouldn't sign myself. You got to make it the right win-win, and say, "Hey, we're we completely aligned here. With you know, we 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 see the same vision, so that we can execute onto that vision, right? Otherwise, it doesn't happen."
1: I'm curious to know from from your seat as well, like because you've built such a great culture and really a strong strong brand around Tribal. Um, how do you define well? well how do you, how do you define culture at Tribal scale? But how do you define leadership from your perspective, being a CEO? Dude,
0: like I think I do a lot of great things right, and I do a lot of things wrong. Right? I think I, I'm not.
1: But you own up to it.
0: I own up to it. I own up to it all the time when I when when I mess up and and you know I, I'm i being very critical of myself and hard on myself, but it's the only way to learn. Unfortunately, I'm also the person who doesn't learn from other people's experiences off way too well i i mess up on my own and end up learning that way <laughs> if i could just fix that part of my life i'll be I'll, you have I, to I, go through it I, yeah I, I don't know why i was on a call earlier today and they're like she'll let, you love your back against the wall that's your adrenaline you know um they're like it's you're like one of those guys like in the back in the days of hunters and gatherers you would have been the hunter out there with adrenaline the whole time like you got to kill what you eat
1: <laughs> chasing the mammoth
0: yeah chasing the mammoth <laughs> uh, so maybe it is adrenaline but uh, you know i think i think you gotta just treat people the way you, you you'd want to be treated yourself i think is the big thing you know when things get heated um i did like my first Two and a half, three years of tribal skill—I fucking have blowups. I would lose my mind. I would be yelling, screaming, whatever. I've started to do a lot of self-reflection in the last like year and a half, two years of saying, "Hey, you know what? There's more effective ways to communicate. There's better ways of taking a step back, looking at what the problem is, and going to solve it." Um, you know, sure, you're going a million miles an hour and yelling and screaming just seems like the right thing to do to get shit done, but. You can often get more done with honey and you know i'm no perfect leader but i think there's a you got to let teams be you got to give teams autonomy to go out and do what they need to do but don't for it and my big fault i think has been that i did that and then i really screwed up the piece about accountability um going back to that team and holding them accountable to say did they actually complete what they did um and that is that do is you feel that
1: that's, it's because you, you you were you were scaling at a pace that that becomes. No, I just
0: like, I just think it was, it was my personality that I trust, and I just figure it'll be done and it'll be done right or whatever it you. may be.
1: So you trust uh, first, and then you you like ex- like trust first, and then execute, so I can actually prove. Yeah, but it then works.
0: I I but I, my problem is I didn't check up properly to make sure is it being done or hey is this in line with a larger with, with a larger initiative? And I think my big takeaway is hey when you have an accountability like when if you have a if. if if we set you off on a task, like let's say you and you, you and I are working together and I put you off on a task, I think you better bring your A game when it's time to like present to me and, and do it right. And that meeting doesn't necessarily have to be a meeting where you go out feeling great. It, we, there, might be, there might be areas that you know yourself, you didn't complete your stuff and you gotta hold yourself accountable and be like, hey, Shield, this stuff's not done. And be ready for an answer of why isn't it done and it should have been done by that date. Like what did you screw up on and how was it done? If you look at some of the most successful people out there, um, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, I could go on and on. Of these guys have reputations of being assholes. You could say all you want about Steve Jobs when he changed the fucking world. Right? Like I think I think there's a way of doing it without being a prick, but mm. I think I think people should be ready and confident to go into a meeting where you're presenting something to your boss that, hey, you've done everything you can and you brought your A game. And if you yourself don't feel you have, then be ready for a difficult meeting as to why you haven't done it and what are you gonna do to change so that you don't have a bad meeting with that person again, right? Mm -hmm. And we, as leaders, a lot of the time take the easy way out of just like, okay, everything's fine, let's move on. And uh, your friends are your friends for outside of the office. In the office, get shit done.
1: Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I'm. I am no. I am not perfect at this at all. It's easier for me to talk to you about this on a podcast than actually practice it in the real real world. But um, I'm. I'm starting to look at how I can do that more effectively now as a leader. How about you? Yeah. Man? Well, how are you? Exactly. Doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. us I mean, I'll talk about it from a, I guess, a different vantage point. But uh, I think a really good book actually on this is uh, The Leader Who Had No Title, Robin Sharma, one of my favorite yeah, authors yeah. Uh, from Toronto, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and again, being, you know, being a younger professional, I think for me, and for anyone listening, this is a perfect opportunity to show that accountability. And, and it kind of answers what you're talking about, right? Being, uh, rem- uh, I, I guess, quarantine or working from home, for a lot of people who aren't remote, previous to, to Corona, this is a great opportunity to actually not only execute, but work your ass off and actually show that you can not only deliver on on what is, is basically expected, but go above and beyond. Can you work on strategy? Can you figure out things that need improvement within your yeah, team, within those processes? I think that builds so much trust, man, with whether it's your CEO, your manager, your boss, who, who, or maybe you as a CEO mm-hmm. uh, have to work on, on some of those things internally. And I think it leads uh, to a really good question that I think too, that we got. Which were it was kind of on the sales side, but when you do get rejection, how do you uh, keep yourself going? How do you maintain that energy? Uh, yeah. Just quickly on that, and and, and uh, obviously I, I want you to answer right after. Um, but for me personally, I think that's why it's so important to work on your on yourself constantly, right? Uh, it's kind of like you're being selfish for for uh, in, in the same way that you're being selfless, you know. Because if if so, let's say for example you're you're on the sales side as I am, or on the BD side. And every day you wake up, the first thing you do is just check your phone to like all these negative emails. Mm-hmm. Then you get up and you know, you just have so much shit to deal with. You had debt and, and it's just like a bad day, right? And, and you're kind of unhealthy. You're not eating well, you're not exercising. How is that day going to go,
0: right? right? And I'm
1: not saying every day is going to be a 10 out of 10, but there are certain choices that you're making within a 24 hour period mm-hmm. that you just notice the difference. And it's, very, it's a very simple thing to look at. And it's just small tweaks. Yep. Right. So before a meeting, don't fucking eat a bucket of spaghetti. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> don't it's just, go to KFC I'm, for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and I know that's an exaggeration, but I feel like if you wake up fresh perspective, you know, the night before you're getting ready for your day, you know exactly which meetings you're doing the research up front, you're trying to eat healthy, exercising, just even if it's a little bit, that energy is super important to keep you uplifted. And last thing I'll say for me, man, is, is on the macro, it's just the why. You know, and I know people talk about it so much, but it really, really is important because if if like, take me for example, right? I just moved to Chicago, uh, basically working on my role by myself across the Midwest, you know, and I'm trying to build a blueprint. And then all of a sudden, two, three months later, Corona happens. Then we're in a recession. Markets are down. You know, how do you think? I want to feel. But I I think in every, in every, every
0: excuse to just throw up your hands right now and be like, yeah, like this is i not got a every excuse time. not to not to hit my targets or whatever right now right?
1: exactly exactly but the perspective then is this is going to give me more time to to learn even more about my craft learn more about the market get better acquainted about who i should connect with in the ecosystem mm-hmm. so once this thing clears i'm going to be full throttle like a freaking jaguar you know mm-hmm. and I, I think that i think that that's an important one so that's my take at least for that question
0: Cool, cool. cool. No, thanks for asking questions for those i know we got some people on right now we got
1: yeah, if you got any more,
0: yeah, if you got any more, hit them. I'll answer your question a little differently. Yeah. Um, Cheeto, go ahead. I don't really look at it. The question, the question is asking, you know, what's my rate of rejection? I don't really look at my rate of rejection, but I think the question is more centered around how do you bounce back from it, right? Um, yeah. I said it before. I said it again. Um, I would never do a deal if I wasn't on the other side of the table and sign it myself, right? Like if mm. I put myself in the other person's shoes. So. I don't look at reject I look at rejection as a way of being like, "Hey, you're going to come around." Every time I pick up the phone to make a cold call or every time I go into a meeting with someone, I am looking at it like I'm doing you a favor right now by being here. And that sounds arrogant, but my lens is I'm doing you a favor right now by being here because I'm actually going to bring a bunch of value to you, and if I was you, I'd be working with me. I am somebody you need to be working with, right? <laughs> um, and it, it's it's a mindset. It's a whole, whole different mind, mindset change. I'm not going in to try to sell you. I'm going in to say, hey, you know what? I got a great solution to these problems that you're having, and I am the solution. Well, tribal skill is a solution. More often than not, I'm not the solution. But tribal skill is a solution. And let's let's sit down together and solve this problem together. And so I'm doing you a favor by, 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 by coming and talking to you. And when you have that attitude and you go in there, rejection is not really rejection. It's like, she, this makes sense. You, yeah. know, you do need to come back to me in a couple months when I'm ready. I got some homework because I'm not ready for you yet. And that's fine. Right? So it's not really rejection. Um, you know, sure, Can you share I that
1: story, by the way? The uh because I, 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 so I didn't mean to barge in, go but for it. This go is for it. A, a perfect story when when I think it was in New York. You had the rejection first. You come back to a massive boardroom. You have to present. Do you remember that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is the one I told at Takeover. Uh, yeah. I was I was in New York. We just started Tribal Scale. I was with uh I was with my founders, um, and you in started Chor- in a bar, by the way. Yeah, we started in a private club. <laughs> <laughs> With a political but the bar was our desk. <laughs> so we would open our laptops. <laughs> we would open our laptops staring at booze. But yeah. <laughs> um, but we you know, we I, I did what I did and I started making cold calls and more more warm, warm calls. It was a company it was a. it's a large media company in New York who I've worked with in the past and they asked me to come in to 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 present to them about what tribal skill is and what I'm doing. Like, you know, you go there and you're in this big board and I start presenting, and they were just like, they "Take a look at me." And they were just like, "Close the laptop, like stop the deck." I was so nervous too. I that. you know, I don't really get nervous that often going into meetings, but I was like, "Man, the whole my whole company depends on like what happens." It hinges on this meeting. Well, I, I just quit. I just made some of the smartest people I know quit their very lucrative jobs to come sit in a bar with their laptops with me. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, they uh, they actually you know the gentleman on the other side was just like she you know you, i've been working with you for, for for quite some time and even when you had the opportunity to upsell me and you were being told to upsell me you kind of gave me a nudge and it was in your best interest to do it it would have been my best interest to sell them more and make some crazy commission but he, you know i gave him a nudge being like hey i gotta come present this to you um if you're ready for it we should do the deal but i don't think you're there yet but let's do the presentation and see if you you know when you I still think it's going to be a great solution for you, but it's just that timing might not just be right. And he remembered me doing that for him. And he would have bought from me that day, no matter what, right? Like the the day I presented that to him um, with my previous company, he would have bought the solution. But he was like, he he really appreciated that. And he looked at his other peers and he goes, This guy never effed me. And I would have bought anything from him. And so if he's coming to me right now saying that, Hey, he has the right solution and he has the right team, we don't need to see any more of the deck. I trust him. We're going to work with him. And that was it. That was our first client, man. We started and it was one of the world's largest media companies. And we started working with them. And that's how we that, that's how the company started. So um you know who you're out there. It's crazy. <laughs> he, he knows crazy, who he is man. out there. Um thank you for giving us our, our start. And yeah.
1: What what I love too is like even even the mindset, you know, it's like uh I'm I'm just picturing myself in your shoes. If if you know, the, one of the most important clients to, to start up this business that I'm working on, and I convinced three or four of my friends to, jo- to join. Uh, the first thing they tell me is, listen, we're probably not going to go with this, but do the presentation nonetheless." Your energy just immediately, naturally, is, is just not going to be up there. And, ha- you know, you have to kind of control and keep that poker face yeah. and just give it everything you have as if though nothing was said before.
0: Right, right, right. I think yeah. also the, like when you go into like meetings like that, it's so important to listen. You know, you want to like jump out and be like, I got your solution. I know what to do for you. Just shut the fuck up and listen. Listen to the other <laughs> person man. You know, we, you could talk a lot and it's not about how you talk or how you present or how finesse you are by presenting the slides. It's more about listening and making it contextual so that now you actually know the other person's problems and only talk to your solution. You know, when your presentation only go and show the aspects of your deck that are going to be important to that person and put it in their context, right? You get a, you get a lot further. Uh, we got a question online for you brother it's uh how'd you get started at the toronto stock exchange did
1: yeah this is a good story too knock uh, on their door <laughs> what'd you, what'd you... hey what's up <laughs> you got a role for me did i ring uh, the bell <laughs> well you know what's funny and I, I never so this was uh, i'll give you some context I, I in my third year i interned at, at general electric uh within their kind of financial management program right first introduction to like a real company yeah you know uh probably the, one of the best business programs for students i learned a shit ton I didn't end up getting offered you actually learned the from the
0: real jack welsh methodology man.
1: exactly yeah this Not was like right God before rest of soul now right but yeah yeah i know tough one yeah. but uh, exactly that and it was a great time to be there so um what ended up happening was they they didn't offer me the full-time program so uh, I was in fourth year, didn't really know what I, what I was going to do. And all my friends around me were, were applying like hundreds of online applications. And they were asking me the same question, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, to be honest, I haven't applied to any. What I'm trying to do is figure out where I have relationships because I spent a lot of time outside of uni networking. And I'm, I'm going to figure out if there are synergy, synergies there. Yeah, so just,
0: just smoke joints and chill with your friends on campus. Basically,
1: basically, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And what ended up happening was, uh, so I'm in the financial lab. And uh, I joined a couple of my friends who, who started up a, the first investment fund at Telfer, which is the business school for University of Ottawa. One of the first sponsors to actually give us money was an executive at the TSX. So I spent a lot of time building that relationship with him. And he became an early mentor of mine, John Degagne, a great, great guy. And uh, I happened to, to find an opening for the first associate program at TMX that they were just launching. Nice. So I sent him a note. I'm like, hey, listen, I came across this. I'm going to apply. All he wrote back was good luck. So I go through three um, interviews. And and just the last thing I'll point out when I went to the final one, which is in person, I drove with my parents from Ottawa to Toronto, which we drove at like 3am to get there early for the morning. And I remember my dad, man, every time. And obviously he's been a super big supporter of mine, but there were times when I'd wake up on Sundays to go to the, you know, to to the investment fund meetings and stuff at uni. And he'd be like, dude, you're just, you're wasting your time. Like, don't do these things. Just focus on uni, get good grades. And that was his perspective at the time. And when we were driving, I went for the final interview. Was the only one from Ottawa. You know, everybody was from Ivy Leagues, UBC, McGill. The only guy from Ottawa. You know, and and obviously you get the smirks. And so when we were driving back from the final interview, literally 30 minutes uh, later, I get a call from from John. He's like, uh, and I put it on speaker. My dad was right next to me. My mom was in back. And uh, you know, he's just like, welcome to to TMX. And you know, you're going to join our first uh, associate program. And I was the first external hire. And, you know, I just, I, I think for a lot of people with immigrant parents, that was the first time when my dad was like, you know what? He kind of gave me the props for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and immigrant dads will never dad. tell you He's, anything. He
0: was a proud dad at that moment. He's yeah. Like, yeah this, no, this, and they won't tell you they're wrong, you know? The stupid, stupid guy actually made something happen and you were right.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was a great moment, man. But they've been uh, amazing supporters of mine. But, but just an interesting story there. I don't know if you've ever dealt with that being an entrepreneur with immigrant parents but
0: uh, my mom was just like what are, you, what are you doing you're quitting job are you stupid <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the corporate side <laughs> what do you mean you're going to quit job you dumb stupid <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to convince yeah, you know it's funny my mom the other day like we've been doing travel skills since uh, end of 2015 november 20 uh, october 2015 is when we first like started um trying to figure out what we're doing and uh my mom just the other day she's like what do i tell my friends at work what you do i still don't understand myself i'm like wow you still don't know what i do
1: <laughs> that's um, so jokes
0: cool um
1: yeah dude,
0: what what advice do you have for look there's a lot of people getting let go right now which sucks um but i think you, you said a couple of cool things right now where you were like hey you know this is a you, you took an opportunity to invest in yourself. You're what you're doing right now. Since things are a little slower, um, in your current day job, you're investing in yourself for the future. I talked about what we're doing with clients to make that happen. What do you recommend to people who've just been let go, man, and they all they see is doom and gloom in front of them? And so, what do you recommend they should be doing to
1: to come out? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, listen, number one, it's not easy. Uh, I, I can only you know, imagine how you're feeling right now. Um, and, and to be honest, I've experienced it too. The G example was, it was a perfect one. And there were other points in my career where it didn't work out, right? Mutually, like it just didn't work out. And uh, what, what I would say is this is a great time to, I guess, invest in yourself first and foremost. This is the perfect time to uh, start putting yourself out there. Leverage social channels, which I always talk about. So as, as I said in the beginning, this is going to be very difficult on you kind of morally. So th- the first thing I would say is just make sure mentally you're in a good place. And these are just some, some things I do. Doesn't mean that they're going to work for you. But for me, that's exercise constantly, right? And and, and just kind of daily exercise. And mm-hmm. uh, I think from a sanity perspective, if you can go for a run or do some, I know now we're quarantined, do yeah, some I got yoga Peloton at home.
0: back there that I haven't used yet.
1: <laughs> you, got, you got the Peloton. So hopefully you jump on that, but... Uh, just any cardio workout man because when you get a good sweat you, you get your mind off of off of the rut if you're going to sit on the couch bust out cheetos and, and ben and jerry's it's not going to take you to a better place this is not the time to basically give up on on this path this is the time to really go hard at it while being being mindful of of your situation and it's cool uh, surround yourself with with good people right good yeah. friends even if it's quarantine get on a zoom call for me obviously family's super important my parents uh, whether it's your partner, it's it's close friends, uh, you know, someone like Cheeto who can, you know, slap you in the face and and <laughs> with, with, with like positive words essentially and get get your uh, get you going again. I think so from a from a motivational perspective, that's what I would start with. The second thing, and you pointed this out, which is super important, is uh, oh, someone said he's hiding his <laughs> Cheeto is hiding his Doritos right now, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm you know, the other thing I'm I would of say. I'm
0: salt and vinegar guy, but sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, I would say this whole kind of spray and pray approach to, to jobs right now is the worst thing you can do. I mean, it's, it's the worst thing you can do anyways, regardless of, of the situation. Now, Ooh. I would spend more time researching real companies that, that, you, that you really want to work for. So it's, it's as basic as this. Come up with a list of 10 companies you really want to work for. I don't I care if
0: it's Tribal
1: yeah. Scale, Google, Facebook, just draft them. Okay. Second thing I do start getting more active on LinkedIn. If you don't have a big profile, make sure that's fixed first. And then what I'd start doing is figure out who within those companies you really want to connect with. The other thing I would want to do is figure out from those companies, how could I be of value, right? So if I'm applying to a sales role, a BD role, I'd first read the description online. I wouldn't apply there, but I'd read it online and then connect with that person say, listen, I just want 15 minutes of your time. Um, I kind of wrote a one pager or white paper, whatever it is on this role. And I, this is how I think Google can market better to millennials. Or if I'm applying to a big bank, this is how I think you can approach uh, Gen Zers with financial planning. You know, there's, there's robo advisors like, Wealthsimple. simple, this is what I would do if I, if I were you. And I just want 15 minutes of your time. I'd love if we can get on a call. So basically I'm giving you the micro, but what that means on a high level is do your research upfront, be very thoughtful and mindful as to who you're approaching and targeting. Uh, you know, stay optimistic and be patient. This is not the time to be super desperate, you know, throwing out your resumes from the balcony. Uh, This is the time where you get sniper focused, laser focused. um, And and also, don't forget your worth. That's the last thing I would say. You know, when when I wasn't offered that full time at GE, I kind of felt hit, man. I'm like, shit, well, you know, Fortune 500 is telling me no. Who's going to tell me yes? And it's easy to get in that slump. So I think that's why, you know, working on things outside of that and keeping yourself active, busy, creative, like my podcast helps with that. Um, just keeps you on a bit of the, the correct path. And just because one role lets you go or whatever the case is, doesn't mean that your self-worth is, is tied to that.
0: Uh, we got Nahal Meta on, uh, on Instagram. Nahal, what's going on, bro? Nahal, oh, what's up, brother? Um, I think I saw Sunny up up in here too. Congrats
1: on your wife, by the way. I think I saw she joined a board recently. With Hillary, so I yeah, saw a with
0: Hillary, Congrats to Reshma, man. Shout out. Um, what would you here- say,
1: G? To that.
0: You know, I, I, I George, I love what you said. I'll, I'll, I'll say it from the other side. I mean, I get bombarded with people wanting to work with us all the time. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the worst email you could ever send me is, Hey, Shido, um, I'm a young person and I'm really energetic. And can we go for coffee? I'm like, yeah, that's I'm sure. I would love to do that. But if I answered everybody who did that, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any time to do any real work. Um, the the people who make it onto my calendar i give mad props to they come in they they send they send me something compelling they you know whether it even be a quick deck or they write an email that's super concise and really not long but like hammer home bullet points on like why it would be super important for us to have a conversation with this person or people who like come in like and say hey you know what here's my here's here's what i've done in the past here's how i could really leverage tribal skill she I've applied. Um, could you put me in touch with the person who's responsible for this job? Right? Like here's here's the energy and the thought process and exactly what you were saying, I would bring to, to this job. And and that's and that's, you know, really beneficial. And you, you take that and you go, Hey, this person like is fighting to get in here, you know. Um, you wanna you wanna make that hire. Like you wouldn't wanna say no to that hire. And that's 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 the that, that's the beauty of it. So you just you set yourself apart from everybody else who's just throwing a resume over the fence, right? Yeah. Um, I think the second thing, my my other piece of advice is if you are researching a company and you're looking really forward to, you really feel like you want to be working at that company, find opportunities to intern, you know, go to those companies, events that they hold, hold go and network with the people there, find out ways that you could actually go and and drive some value to them and show them and you know the proof is in the pudding show them what you're made of and so um there's a, there's a there's a lot of different ways um you could go do that but you know it's it's sure it's scary times out there and it might not happen overnight you might not get the job overnight but as soon as as soon as that organization is ready you know you want to be in the top person on that on, on their list for, for them to bring you
1: oh, uh, great points too man and we did get one question as well on on the other side is how do you keep your uh kind of i would say tribe let's yes. put it that way how do A you tribe. how are you keep the tribe, the tribe, right tribe y'all
0: who got the vibe <laughs> um, how are you keeping them motivated man how do i keep them motivated shit you got to be (laughs) self-motivated and i mean i I hope (laughs) come on (laughs) if you're not motivated at the job you're asked that question mike no but it's true if you're if you're if you're at a job that where you're not motivated to go in go fucking quit what are you doing there why are you sitting there wasting that company's time and your time what the hell's wrong with you that's one thing that's the only thing in the world that's the only thing in the world you can't get back is time so um go You know, if you're not motivated, but however, I think there, absolutely, there's a, there's a step you got to take and motivation you got to take to motivate your tribe. And, um, for me, it's just the passion, you know, let's go and talk about a complex problem that all of us, if we do these 10 things each, all very different from each other, come together with a solution, right? And that gets motivated you get people marching from the same drum, Um, and that's, and and that's how I like to motivate. I just, I I like to say, Hey, look, we're in this together. Um, I know um, myself there's only very few times I could go beast mode and solve a lot of problems on myself. Um, but it takes a team to go do it. So how are you going to go and like talk to your team and get them on this, you know, get them passionate about the task at hand. Um, and it's usually the task and knowing what their role is and how the important role they play in solving that task, um, is what, is what starts getting people motivated.
1: So, yeah. And, and also I, I think like, you're not always going to be motivated every single second of the day. And there's also going to be things that you're going to do that you just don't enjoy. Even as a founder, man, like you know, in the early days, you have to do the admin, the HR, the hiring, the firing. Like you have to uh, be all of it. Essentially, it's not always enjoyable or or every aspect of it. But you still have to do it. So uh, that feeling, I
0: hate. I hate finance meetings, man. Like it (laughs) drives me nuts. But it it was probably the biggest mistake I had is that I still went away from it. You know. I yeah. had to find out now, now actually I enjoy them. I mean, to be honest, now actually I enjoy them, but it was just because it was my lack of understanding um, that made me hate those types of meetings. And so you got to figure out ways, even then tasks you hate of how what you, what aspects of it are you going to like so that it becomes better for you. So you actually enjoy doing it. All right. Here's George. This one's, this one's a good one for you. How can companies continue building their brand even when they're operating remotely?
1: Mm, yeah, that's a really good question. Listen, I, i think you know you 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 definitely don't want to be tone deaf i yeah. think that that's that's number 1 uh, number 2 it kind of de- depends on on where you like which industry you're in because there's a lot of opportunities right now to to positively help what's going on without doing it in a in a weird kind of scammy way because you're also seeing that and i've seen a lot of companies who are just using the whole covid situation just to market themselves oh, dude, i wouldn't take so that hey, come now.
0: come on our webinar let's talk about covid i'm like shut up like,
1: yeah. I, I think we're all just, we're, we're done with that, man. And, and people just get really tired very, very quickly. And, and thankfully to the, for the internet, you can smell that BS miles away. So I, yeah. I wouldn't recommend that approach. I think right now, if, if you're a company, you're seeing it from many. Lightspeed is an example. A good friend of mine, Swish with Fan, is another example of, of demonstrating this. Is How can you take your product, your service, whatever you're doing now, package it in a way that could be of value, without the economics that you once had pre-COVID. And it's okay. You need to ride the wave. You're going to take a slash somewhere. Yeah, and I've yeah. said this before. Like someone is going to take a hit in, in different levels. And, and so this is not the time to be, you know, looking at margins and, and kind of price gaming and doing all that stuff. I think now building your brand uh, reputation is number one. Two, if you're not on digital, this is a great opportunity to you know, highlight the day in the life of a CEO, what yeah. you guys are doing. And I love actually your the pivot with your podcast is cool because, you know, you get engineers who interview other uh, coders. Yeah, you yeah. get people on the product management side to talk about that. So, and, and, and there's so much content you can talk about that is relevant to different pockets of people. This is the time to, to be leveraging social channels to the best of your abilities and just position your company as being of value without looking like an a hole.
0: Cool. Um, George, we got five minutes. I love you. I love talking to you, dude. I think I could talk Likewise, to you for man. hours, man. Uh, let's get a couple of the last questions um, in here. I just saw one. What do you think about forex trading versus stock trading?
1: You, you want to take this first?
0: I'm not the dude. Uh, what I one thing I know is I don't know shit when it comes to the markets. <laughs> I have Danny, no, miss you I, too, I have, bro. I have no idea why the markets are up right now or even climbing back right now. I mean the Fed just printed a bunch of money and throwing it at the problem, I don't think is a reason that market should be up, especially for two months when everybody's staying at home and spending power has died. Um, but what do I know, obviously, I'm, I'm a
1: fool. I'll let you. No, in. You're, <laughs> you're good, dude.
0: I'm know um, word dude.
1: <laughs> likewise, man. Likewise, I, I'm. I'm gonna say something. I mean, this is just what I do, uh, and I think, it, like Nasim Taleb talks about, uh, the best forecasters are are, are uh, taxi drivers. So I think we're all in the same bucket, right? Yeah. Um, I, I would just say, in terms of uh, stock, my, like my my personal philosophy. This is not the approach of TMX or whatever, uh, but my personal philosophy was a chunk of my portfolio. I actually love uh, Well Simple, so shout out to them. Uh, you know, it's more kind of passive. They do a lot of the rebalancing. Love it. love it. I love. I love
0: the fact that they got young people actually giving a shit about their savings. Their exactly. Country. I love it. I love everything. Exactly. Mike and Mike and Shout out to you and the Wealth Simple team. They they're just killing it. I love
1: it. Exactly. And I think what, what this thing has taught us, especially for uh, people who are you know twenties, thirties, listening, build an emergency fund first, pay off your debt, um, and then for, you know whether it's uh, ETFs like exchange traded funds, which is what I Prefer investing in, mm-hmm. uh, I think. I think those are more kind of uh, risk averse. I would say, if you want to look at individual companies, there are a lot of great resources to either read or like. One of my favorite books is The Intelligent Investor. If you want, or Walk Down Wall Street. Investopedia is obviously always good for just common questions. It's like the Google for finance. But right so now, that was, I would say that was
0: Investopedia, Walk Down Wall Street, and what was the third one? Uh,
1: the Intelligent Investor for, for investors. So
0: there you go. You yeah. got Some time on your hands, COVID people. <laughs> Exactly. Google read,
1: yeah. Danny, hope you're doing well, bro. He's sending some love from Dubai. So Yo, I love it. I love it. What's up, Danny? Um, no, this has, been, uh, this
0: has been really cool, man. I like this this remote podcast is actually working out. I'm liking it.
1: <laughs> me too, man. Well, thanks for having me on, dude. And and just to no, cap he, this off. Yeah. One last thing for you. What would you say uh, would be an advice for someone you know in their, in their 20s, 30s, you know, looking looking to start a either a company or a venture, whatever the case is.
0: There's no time better than in recessions. The amount of innovation that happens in downturns—it's—it's it's when you have to innovate. You, like standard business models could go out the window now. This is a time for you to break the status quo and innovate. So if you feel you have the right idea, you've done the right research, you're take you're ready to take your calculated risk. There's no time like now. You know you got guys like Nahal and and others out there who are still. If your idea is sound and your team is sound, and you're gonna go solve a big problem. Um, go out there. I'm sure you could still go raise. You could still go get money. That's that, that's not gonna stop if your if your idea's sound. Uh, or at least it'll get you on the right track. But I think in recession, some of the best companies come out of them. So I'm 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 gonna be watching and hopefully taking part in the next wave of uh, of companies that come out there. I, I think there's a lot of innovation that's gonna come out of this, and that'll be one of the positive things we take away from this
1: pandemic. Love it, dude. thanks so much for the conversation man this has been amazing this
0: has been amazing george give a plug to your podcast too i want everybody to know your podcast as well
1: yeah sure thing so it's uh, let's grab coffee again on all uh, audio platforms like apple Podcasts, spotify the whole nine yards and and just happy to connect answer any more questions you guys have
0: awesome thanks brother thanks for doing this thank you man take care thanks everyone